A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. You've never tried to eyeball six feet as often as you do now. You wear a mask, you wash your hands, and you've stayed within the walls of your apartment for more hours than you care to add up. But unless you live in a smoke-free building, you're not exactly home-free. Secondhand smoke drifting through the cracks in walls or sink drains carries toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. And right now, lung health is key. Go to TobaccoFreeCA.com to learn how to stay safe. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 144 of Confessions of a Marketer, the content queen. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Content queen Shea Robottom is in to talk about video, LinkedIn, and even a little rap. We'll get to that in a moment. Coming next time, we've got Duncan Chapel of CC Group back in for another wide-ranging discussion. We're putting this one under the heading of the marketing of ideas. We also sneak in a discussion of the current state of the world. A fascinating chat with Duncan coming next time. And soon we've got Henrik Becker, Xenia Montan, Catherine Hayes, Dave Woodward, Larry Ludwig, and Naira Perez. We also have episodes planned through the summer, and we've got some blockbuster discussions in store. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. All right, on to Shay Robottom. Shay is a content queen with an incredible background. She runs Robottom Marketing, which specializes in creating LinkedIn content. In this fascinating discussion, we learn about Shay's background, what her agency is up to, what makes for good content, how to do video, where to use it, how to produce it, and so forth, and whether there is a secret to making a viral video. Plus, we learn about her recent success on LinkedIn. Oh, and we also find out about her earlier career as a rapper. It was a fun chat. Let's get to it. Shay, it's great to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mark. Can you tell me about your background and what you're up to now? Yes, my background. Oh boy. Well, for those of you who follow me on LinkedIn, I am currently the fastest growing video influencer on the LinkedIn platform. I created a business around it um, because I sort of 
got into it accidentally, which I'll break down when I go into my background. But essentially, I now help other businesses on LinkedIn create a video content strategy to do the same thing I've done, you know, uh, establish themselves as an authority in their industry and attract more leads, close more sales, increase revenue, which is why a lot of these people are on LinkedIn in the first place, right? So it's actually a pretty funny story because I, I did not use LinkedIn. Like historically, I was totally like, (laughs) <laughs> the average millennial, like, what do you mean LinkedIn? Isn't that a resume platform? Like, who cares? Right. I founded a Facebook agency when I was 23. That's how I first broke into digital marketing. And we specialized in, in licensing viral video clips. So uh, it was a really niche company, which is why we had so much success. There was a huge issue with a lot of pages on Facebook, specifically these big blogs. They needed safe licensed video content because Facebook was really cracking down on the stolen video clips. And some of these pages would get shut down completely just for stealing and uploading video clips to feed their following. And I saw seven-figure revenue streams disappear overnight just by Facebook saying, nope, you know, one one too many strikes and you're out. So it was like all of a sudden there was this massive uh, demand in the market for safe and licensed video content. And very few companies were doing it at an affordable price. And me and my partner at the time figured out a way to essentially curate video clips for very cheap and and sub-license them out to all of these blogs. And it, yeah, so it was cool because we were actually just, we were just video editors. Like we weren't even digital marketers. We didn't have a blog ourselves. We didn't know how to grow a following or monetize or any of that. We just knew how to edit video. And started with one client being like, oh, you edit video? Great. You know, turn all my posts into video content. Facebook is really favoring video content in the algorithm now. So we were like, sure. But it was a blessing because even though we were getting paid by the blogs to provide this video content for them, we learned so much from them. Like I literally soaked it up like a sponge. One client had success with the videos. They referred us to another blog owner on Facebook. They referred us to another and it just spread. And all of a sudden I was getting all this insight and all these downloads about how to get attention online and specifically how to apply it to video content now to attract more leads, gain more followers and you know drive traffic back to whatever these blogs were promoting at the time. So that's how I got into digital marketing. And that's really where I learned everything I know about video content, specifically video content for the newsfeed and how to drive traffic using video as a tool. That's fascinating how video has become more integral to a platform like LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, and how the statistics show that a post with some kind of video in it performs far better than a post even with say, an animated GIF or just a regular image, they perform vastly better. So like audiograms versus just a static image. Right. I would say it's definitely an advantage on LinkedIn because LinkedIn only introduced video as a function two years ago. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's made it very easy for people like myself who have this background in video marketing, who have already understand it, to jump on a platform like LinkedIn where there's still very little competition, very little people utilizing video to drive leads. And that's how I got on LinkedIn. I, I originally got on there and started creating my own video content in an attempt to get leads for that Facebook agency, which worked. And that's how I kind of discovered like, oh my gosh, like this is a goldmine on this platform. There's just no competition. But I think it has a lot to do with there's just few people doing it and it allows you to stand out. Obviously, when you're scrolling through the LinkedIn newsfeed, you see articles, you see pictures, you see text posts. 
a video is really going to grab your attention because it's yeah. motion right away. It's movement. And um, yeah. So can you clear up something for me about LinkedIn that yes. I find really frustrating? Oh boy. The, Lay it on me, Mark. Lay it on me. Running the Podco Media Network's LinkedIn page. When we post, you know, you have to put the link to whatever it is you want to link to in the comments yeah. so that the post will perform better because they want people to stay on LinkedIn. How? Yes. That just seems nuts to me. And I do it. Maybe I'm nuts. I don't know. But it just seems kind of crazy that that is the only way to get a post to perform better is by burying the mm -hmm. link mm -hmm. in the comments. Do you have a better way of doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, no, I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, you know. Oh, gee, thanks. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm sorry, not the answer you were looking for. But what I would suggest, you know, and this, first of all, is standard on all social media platforms. Right. I mean, it's not just LinkedIn. Think sure. about it. It's just common sense. They do not want to support driving people off of their platform onto a different platform. So they're going to dock the reach if you do include it in the post as opposed to the comments. One way to mitigate that and one way that I found a lot of success on LinkedIn is, well, first of all, post a video. Like a text post isn't going to go quite as far, even if you say in the text post at the end, like link in yep. the comments, go check out the link. I find that having a video is more effective because now you have two places for that CTA. You actually yep. have it at the end of your video verbally saying, hey, go check out the link in the comments and in your copy in the written text post. And in addition to that, and this is where LinkedIn gets a little funky, and I know it's not the most built out social media platform, but the top comment or the common, I should just call it, can get buried on your own post. So LinkedIn, unfortunately, does not do a great job organizing the comments. Whereas when you post on your Facebook business page, if you go in the comments right after you post and post a link, Facebook will automatically leave your comment as top comment. They recognize, oh, this company is commenting on their own post. We know this must be important. All the followers need to see this comment. We're going to leave it as top comment. LinkedIn doesn't do that. It's really, yeah. it's quite frustrating. So the only way to stay top comment on your own post is to make sure your comment has the most likes and the most replies because that's what's automatically going to show up as most relevant. So another hack for ensuring that more people actually see that link is to, in your CTA, in your video, say not only, hey guys, link in the comments below, but I also tell people, please like the comment and reply to the comment so it stays top comment. And I've had great success with doing that. I'm able to maintain top comment on my posts uh, through that extra little ad in my CTA. And then, um, boom, more people drive off the platform onto whatever link I choose. It is interesting that LinkedIn's heritage was kind of just as a career directory, and they've kind of retrofitted a lot of social aspects onto the platform in the last 10, 11 years. It wasn't originally envisioned as a social network, I don't think. No, no. You know what's crazy is it's actually been around since 2002, I think. Was yeah, when I was, yeah. yeah, I mean, it really was a place for recruiters. It was a great tool to host your resume. It was a social media platform always, I would argue, but it was so professional. I mean, yeah. so, so professional. It was just job seekers and recruiters mainly. And they were utilizing it as a tool to search for candidates, to place people, to get hired if you were a job seeker. And that's still all really big on LinkedIn. But, you know, I think with the advent of Microsoft purchasing it, they've done a lot more to kind of 
normalize it as, hey, we, yeah. want, we want to get people more excited about LinkedIn. We want the users on LinkedIn to not just log in once a year when they need a job. We want them to come log in weekly. We want them to post content. We want them to upload and start being an active member of this community. And I believe that's why they're giving such generous reach on organic content, especially video right now. They want that positive reinforcement, right? They want to encourage users to come back and post more so that it starts to get taken seriously as a platform and seen as a place where it's not just for job seekers and recruiters, but it's actually active business professionals. Right. And no one would know this better than you because you're described as a content queen. I do. Yes. I call myself the the content (laughs) queen. Yeah. That's a self-proclaimed title. So I'll I'll admit that. That's a little bit of my ego showing up, but (laughs) it's a fun nickname nonetheless, right? Right. So, but that's a moniker I think you've earned because your success with clients, you know, across a wide swath of industries. So content queen, what makes (laughs) for good content? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know it's probably something people are sick of hearing by now, but provide value, you know, just give something valuable. And this is something I had no awareness around many years ago before I became an entrepreneur because I was a local musician. That was actually my original dream was to become a singer. I was also a rapper. You know, I was doing the local music scene for a while, but I knew nothing about business. I had no digital marketing acumen and I was totally doing all the things that basically you shouldn't do on social media, like just spamming people with ads saying, you know, (laughs) listen to my music, listen to my music, asking, not giving. None of that is valuable. And I see the same pattern uh, over and over again on LinkedIn with businesses, you know, they think that content is posting ads about their company. It's like no one cares about your company, even your target market. If they see that, they're just less inclined to click on it unless they're really, really desperate for your solution in that specific moment. But that's so rare to hit people in that perfect time spot and have the the right messaging. What you really need to do is give selflessly without asking so that you can build up uh, trust and build uh, loyal followers. And uh, I play the long-term game. You know, I have a quote that I I love to share. Something I've kind of coined also is uh, build a following for as long as you can without asking for anything. Yeah. And a lot of companies, they just, they don't see the long-term game. They're too impatient. They're like, no, you know, I want to return right now. I want direct ROI. And that's why they're still doing things like running Facebook ads and doing, you know, more direct response campaigns, which are helpful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to stop your media buying efforts, but you need to invest in the long-term game. I mean, what is a platform worth in 2020? What's it going to be worth in 2025? Not only are you going to build a platform where you have a loyal following that trusts you just showing up and giving and not being someone who's selfishly asking all the time, but in the end, these are going to become the new television channels. So not only are you setting yourself up to have a platform to advertise on, to promote your various offers, but you're also going to be able to collect advertising dollars from other industries that are relevant to your audience. Maybe they have a crossover and affinity with your existing audience. And you can you know, start to use your platform to advertise for other companies and other products as well, which is something that I think a lot of people aren't seeing yet and is something I fully intend to do on with my platform in the long run, which if you look right now, I am mainly just promoting my my own marketing company. But in the long run, I, I fully intend to promote other services and other products because like I said, it, it's essentially the new television channels. Yeah, so I guess I would predict that you don't want people to gate content. What does that mean? 
So to put a form in front of content. Um, you mean to ask for something right Email. away? Yeah. Yeah. It, it depends. You know, there's strategic ways to do it. Like, for example, you could uh, do a giveaway where let's say you're a sales consultant and you're looking for more clients for your consulting business. You can uh, create a video just giving away f- three f- free tips for salespeople, you know, getting people to kind of see you not only as an authority in your industry, but they're also now feeling like you just gave without asking like, oh, this guy was really valuable. And then at the end of the video go, hey, if this was valuable and you'd like to learn more, comment free PDF down below. We're doing a giveaway where everyone who comments, we're going to send you this free PDF with more information on how to do sales. And then you get people to opt into that PDF. Maybe they submit their email. And then at the end of your PDF, you have a more direct call to action to your consulting services because you're, again, just allowing this person to see you as an authority in your industry. So like, there's sneaky ways that you can do it. But even that, even that, I would suggest waiting and just give, give, give as much as you can because you really want to build up that loyal following. And what happens is these followers even if they themselves are never going to specifically buy from you, they become brand ambassadors, right? They start sharing your content. They start telling other people about you. Hey, are you following the sales guy yet? Oh my gosh, I've learned so much about how to sell better in my business just from following him. Go check out his page. These people quite literally propel you forward the more you give. And that's that's the secret ingredient people are missing. They're, again, looking for that short-term satisfaction, that quick ROI you got to play the long-term game and you got to trust that building up a loyal following in the long run does the work for you. I now have 180,000 plus people who anytime they're at a networking event and they overhear someone say, oh man, I really need to start doing social media videos. Who do you think they're going to suggest? Right, right. It's kind of a good approach to life in general, not just marketing on LinkedIn or social media platforms is to think of the long game It's a good good approach to business. Right. So is any of your rapping online? (laughs) Um, You know, it's so funny you say that because I just, for the first time, because I've touched on that I used to be a rapper. I'm very open about it. I've touched on it many times throughout the past two years, but never actually posted a video from my hip hop days. And just this week for the first time, I uploaded a little clip uh, I think it was from like 2015 of me rapping on stage and it it was like my audience was dying to see it. So it was um it was super fun. But again, you know, that's something you really can't get away with. I'm tying everything into content lessons here, Mark. So so I wanna clarify. Sure. I didn't post about me rapping until I had so many people asking about it and such a big following that they would find value in that. That video of me rapping was really mainly for the followers I've already gained. I don't expect new business, new followers, or new leads from that video. So you right. could you can even argue that's me not showing up and just providing value. That's <laughs> that's almost more of an ego thing. Like, okay, you guys, you want to see it? Here it finally is. This is me rapping when I was uh, 22. So keep that in mind as well. You know, I, I think where a lot of personal brands and blogs go wrong is they build a following from providing value for so long, and then they eventually get cocky and make the blog all about them and their personal updates, which again, depending on what you're selling and your personality, like it can work to kind of switch like that. But you got to still always be in the mind frame of, is this content just valuable to any stranger watching me, to any new eyeballs? Is this going to catch their <laughs> right. attention and, yeah, and provide yeah. value? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. So I will include a link. If you can email me the uh, link to your wrapping. Okay, video. I will. It's on LinkedIn. Yeah, it, it performed really well, though. People got a kick out of it. Yeah, I'll include a link to that in the show. And I, and I actually, I have done one parody on LinkedIn about office life. I did like a Post Malone parody where I made like a, a music video about the struggles of client relations and it was me rapping again. <laughs> so I will say that there was like one piece that I've done in the past year where I did actually rap and it was pretty funny and well-received. So I can send you both of those. Oh, that, that'd be great. Hey, I want to talk about video. Let's do it. I've done a lot of video over my career. I'm a lot older than you, and I remember doing video when we would record onto two-inch tape oh my in God. the 1980s and 1970s. And the evolution of video has been astounding. The fact that I have on my Mac a couple of video editing programs like iMovie and Final Cut Pro that give you an immense power. Okay, that's the production of it. Right. But how should people approach what they do with video, where to use it? You know, maybe you can give us some advice on how to produce it. But th there's yeah. a lot that goes in into thinking about it before you actually do it. And I'd love help with that. Yeah, yeah. No, this is something that... I'm very privileged. You know, I'm really, really blessed and fortunate to have had that experience that I had on Facebook all those years because I still really believe that there's not many people in the world who understand news feed video editing and how it needs to work for you to gain traction on social media. I love that you brought up the age thing, you know, because a lot of my clients are older and older than me. They get offended when I call them older. <laughs> they're, they're older than me, excuse me. Um, but, you know, it's like back in the day, video was such a big deal. Like video was expensive. When you yeah. when you heard the word video production, you thought of, oh, this is going to be a big budget. This is going to be a whole lights, camera, action, day shoot with all this equipment. It's really not the case anymore. So you got to kind of let go of that overwhelm when people say, oh, you need video content for your social media, for your business. A lot of business owners, if they're of the older generation than me, they will default to like, well, we just don't have the time or energy for that. But what they're not seeing is like, it's a totally different ballgame. When I worked on Facebook all those years, and I had tons of the videos that I curated, licensed and edited go viral, we were doing over a billion views a month at one point. A lot of them were shot on a cell phone. You know, I mean, like people don't realize that on social media, no one cares about cinematic quality. When you go to the movie theater and you pay $25 for a ticket and a popcorn, you know, <laughs> right. you're yeah. expecting that cinematic quality. You would walk out if it was shot on a cell phone. You'd be like, what the hell? You know, so on social media, it's different. People are fine with the quality being shot and on a cell phone. The quality's good. Yeah, that's the, that's can, the other and, thing. And, and a yeah. cell phone, if you have a new iPhone or whatever these days, you can actually, yep, you, you're absolutely right. You can capture really good footage. So I would say it depends. You know, it depends. A, what your goals are. B, where you're hosting the videos. So, for example, I a lot of what I teach is newsfeed. I mean, that's still where there's a really a great divide in people understanding how to get attention through video in the newsfeed. E even millennials, even videographers my age who I talk to, I'm like, hey, can you edit a video for me? And they'll send it back, and I'm like, oh, you clearly just graduated from film school because they're not <laughs> they're, they're not teaching this there yet. You know, it's like slow pacing. You know, we're taught in English class to build up to a climax. It's like, no, 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 no. If you're Cut making, to the case, yeah, right? if you're making videos for the newsfeed, you need to give the climax right away. And a lot of people think that sounds crazy, but it's what works. So 
that's newsfeed video editing. But again, if you're building a YouTube channel, for example, that's really different. People go to YouTube for more intentional viewing. They're not window shopping there. They know what they want. They go to YouTube and they type in how to get red wine out of white carpet. You know, they're willing to invest seven minutes in a video about how to get stains out of carpet because they went there for that. It's very intentional viewing. Same with your website. You know, maybe you want to make a, a video for the landing page on your website. That can also be different from the newsfeed video. So I want to be very specific in that what I teach is sure. newsfeed video editing. And it is a real different ball game because a lot of people still haven't caught on to how fast paced it has to be and how much you really have to be in your face right away with the headlines and, and you're competing with everyone else in the newsfeed. People are window shopping. You know, when you go to the mall, you don't really know what you want. Let's say you're just like, oh, I got it. It's payday. I'm going to go to the mall. You don't really know what you want. It's different than, you know, going to Home Depot, knowing exactly that you need some grill for your backyard or whatever. This is window shopping. This is people are going to make a decision within three to five seconds of seeing your video if they want to walk into your store, aka click back to your profile. So that is what I teach. And that is uh, vastly different from every other form of video that we've known (laughs) throughout history. And it is an interesting analogy to window shopping on a busy street, you know, with um, department stores and so forth that used to spend so much time thinking about how to grab the attention of passers-by. And that's what we are in social media. We're just passing by. Right, exactly. Unless something strikes us like a video like you were just talking about, we're just going to keep scrolling. Exactly. And that's the mistake a lot of people make is what I touched on earlier is their videos are ads. You know, their videos are asking, not giving. The more you give and just get the viewer to kind of walk away with a takeaway like, oh, wow, like who is this person just providing me free tips on my industry, making my life easier? That's so cool. And then they on their own, click back to your profile. And this is also what I teach on LinkedIn is how to now optimize your LinkedIn profile which is essentially, you know, your landing page on LinkedIn, so that it is very much an ad, so that it is optimized for conversions. So when your target market lands on there, because they clicked back because you were just giving, not asking, now the messaging is so clear that they're going to be like, oh, wait a minute, I actually think this person solves my problem. And then there's clear CTAs everywhere about how to get in contact with them. And then the user makes the decision, quote unquote, on their own (laughs) to reach out to you for business because there is a level of truth in that people don't like to be sold to. So if you can figure out a way to just give and then they click back to your profile and they see, you know, considering it's optimized and all your messaging is on point to resonate with your target market, they're much more likely to reach out to you for business than they would be if you just tried posting ads in the newsfeed. Right. So this may be a dumb question, Give it to me. What the hell? It's Uh, my specialty. There's there's no dumb questions. (laughs) So is there a secret to making a viral video? Yeah, absolutely. So this is where I have a very different perspective than most people. Even Gary Vaynerchuk, like, wouldn't agree with me on this. Like, you know, he says, no, you can't plan to go viral. How you go viral is consistent content over time in the hopes that one of them goes viral because viral content is... um, unpredictable and uncontrollable. That's the nature of virality, right? It's like, whoa, this just blew up and and it's a shock, right? And that is true. I do want to say I agree with Gary and that's very true. And that is also what I teach. Consistency over time yields results. I was posting new original video content every single week on LinkedIn at like at least three new videos a week for 10 months before I went viral on LinkedIn. So it is true. 
However, because of my background and how I worked with such a large, like I, I literally had a, a video library of over like 5,000 video clips. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, was, I was facilitating relationships with blog owners and content owners from all over the globe. Like literally our team was managing 5,000 different content relationships. So when you're working with that much data, which I understand even someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, since he doesn't do video licensing, might not like have that perspective. I had so much data on what goes viral. So like you can replicate it. I'm not saying it's foolproof. Like it's still at the end of the day, not guaranteed, but absolutely you can plan to go viral because you see over time, oh, this goes viral when we when we post this topic and edit it this way with this type of headline and post it in front of this audience, it consistently goes viral. So I actually just, my success on LinkedIn came from well, it first came when I quit the old agency because that was holding me back greatly. But once I was <laughs> once I was able to really dive into LinkedIn 100% and give it my all, that's right. when I started strategizing like, okay, how can I go viral here? How can I blow up here? And I took all my old principles from all of the data I had amassed on Facebook and what I knew to go viral there and reverse engineered it not only for my own brand, but for LinkedIn. So I knew, for example, that humor and skit content always performed, you know, relatively well on Facebook. So I decided, you know, how can I make skits? Well, I know I'll just make skits about office life. You know, now it's applicable to LinkedIn and boom, virality instantly. And then same thing with my own personal brand. I've now posted enough video content over the past two years to have data on my own personal brand and what performs best for me and what goes viral. So a lot of it like I say, it gets easier over time. It really does. A lot of it is just rinse and repeat. Once you know what works, not only what goes viral, but what gets the most leads, what content gets the most shares, et cetera, et cetera. You are able to, to a high degree, I'm not saying it's foolproof, you know, you are able to predict, I believe, if a piece of content is going to be high performing or even go viral. But at the end of the day, still test everything, still experiment because new things go viral all the time that we no one ever saw it coming. So uh, it's just data testing, but absolutely you can reverse engineer viral videos for you, for your own brand, and plan to maybe not go viral, but at the very least have a guaranteed high-performing piece of content. Right. It's interesting. It all comes down to data, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, I'm such a data girl now, which is so funny because when I was an artist and before I got into business, I was like way too right-brained. Like I didn't have a logical bone in my body. I just had, (laughs) I had no digital marketing acumen. I was not data or analytics based. I just did everything based on how I feel. You know, I feel like this is a cool song that people will like. I'm going to post it. It was like, no, 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 no. Now I'm all strictly data. Yeah, I've made my career as a writer. But I believe firmly in data because when I write something, whether it's uh, a blog post, an ebook, a speech, I want to know how it performed. <laughs> you know, right, I wanna, right, exactly. And I want to learn from that. So I've, I live in uh, you know Word and Google Docs, but I also use Excel and Google Sheets all the time. Oh yeah, because I, I want to understand these things. And as a business owner, as you can understand. You also want to know how your business is performing and you have to understand data. I agree. And it is still amazing to me how many business owners even don't want to do what works. I mean, I can't tell you how many clients. I, I think it's because we're still in the transition phase of social media becoming the new platform for advertising. A lot of these older businesses, they're still used to 
you know, radio, magazine, television, those sorts of traditional mediums. So when you present them with a social media proposal and the type of content you're going to create, even with data to back it, a lot of them are just like, no, like, they're just like, this is weird. This is not us. We don't, you know, and it's like, it blows my mind. You know, I'm like, okay, so I have a lot of respect for businesses that can, you know, look at the data and really make a logical decision about what's best for their company in 2020, because I get it. You might still be pulling a lot of revenue from those old channels, but it's gonna shift. Guess what? Yeah, baby yeah. boomers are gonna die. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be <laughs> sorry to be crude, but like they're they're gonna die, and no one's yeah. gonna be watching television or reading the newspaper anymore. And you're gonna wish you had invested in social media. So as uncomfortable and and weird as it might feel, because I presented content campaigns to to companies before, where I know I know based on my experience on Facebook that this would absolutely crush it for them and get them established as a brand on social media, and they just won't go for it because it's so unusual to them, and they don't want to look at the data. Yeah, yeah. I want to get a little insight into how you built your presence on LinkedIn. Yeah. From what I understand, you joined in 2018, so probably less than two years ago, right? It's 2020 now. Yeah, less than two years ago. Yeah, and your following has grown really fast. Yeah. How did you, how did you pull this off? <laughs> oh, man. I have so I have such a dynamic answer to that, Mark. Um Let's go for it. Yeah. Well, I will say consistency. You know, that's number one. I'll I'll never not press consistency. None of these social media, I should say all of these social media moguls like Gary and all of them, they'll all say the same thing. Like you got to stay consistent. You can't post twice, be like, oh, I went nowhere and and give up. You really have to play the long-term game. And I did that as soon as I got on LinkedIn in May of... uh, 2018, I was very committed. You know, I said, okay, I'm going to do three original pieces of video content a week. I didn't kill myself with like having high standards or a fancy setup. I literally wasn't even wearing makeup in the in the first like <laughs> six months of videos I created. I don't either. <laughs> it's a little different for guys. But yeah, I mean, if you're a chick and you wear makeup, it's going to perform a little bit better. Sorry, it's just the way it is. So <laughs> I was really casual with it. I made it easy on myself. That's what a lot of people don't do. They're like, okay, I'm going to start content. And they get this like, overwhelming setup that actually just makes it really hard for them to sustain. So I did not do that in the beginning. I just said three videos a week. I don't care if I'm just like walking down the sidewalk with my scrunchie. Like I'm just going to post consistently every week. And I actually did have pretty instant success. I won't lie. It's not always the case, but because I came from a video marketing background, I was already, you know, beating the competition on LinkedIn with video because A, there weren't a lot of videos and B, I had spent the previous three years studying viral video and personally writing thousands of headlines. So I was very fortunate to have results right away. I understand that's not the case for everybody. But within two months, you know, seeing your agency generate six figures in revenue, all from the inbound leads that came from my video content on LinkedIn, it's kind of a no-brainer to continue, you know. So I just kept sure. I just kept reinvesting more and more. I stayed consistent even on the weeks I felt like crap and really did not want to shoot videos. I mean, those are the weeks that determine who you really are. Not on the weeks you feel motivated, on the weeks you don't feel motivated. If you can keep doing it, that's what sets you apart and that's where the winners grow. But I will say my odd secret weapon that I'm very open about and and I want people to understand is I was really insecure. 
I was really insecure. I was huh. in a, yeah, I was in a very dark place in my life because I had gotten away from the performing for so many years. I became this like COO where I was just like office life every day. I, I was making money, but like I wasn't fulfilled because I wasn't making art and being on stage and doing what really makes me happy, which is in a sense performing and, and being on camera. So when I figured out a way to merge my business life with my, you know, quote unquote performance personality, all of a sudden I was like, way happier. And yeah. I'm not saying it's totally healthy, but I received like a great amount of validation through, you know, I mean, they did result in leads, but a lot of people call them just like vanity metrics on LinkedIn. Like I was like, oh, wow, look at all these comments of people who really like me. They respect me. Like I, I am somebody and like, I'm cool. And like, it kind of built my confidence back up that had been, um, really shattered in the previous years because I was in business with people who just did not value me. I, I didn't value myself. I had I had very low self-esteem. And I, I truly believe that my insecurity was my secret weapon because for somebody who has a good self-esteem and is fully secure in themselves, you know, that week that they don't feel like making content and they're going to skip and start to fall behind, they feel okay about themselves. So they're like, oh, I don't need to do videos this week. Me, I was like getting all like my lifeline was my blog. I was like, no, I need to post because it makes me feel so good about myself. So on those weeks that I didn't feel like posting, I was like, no, I'm going to post. Like I need this validation. I need this attention. And again, not saying that's healthy, but it was kind of a secret weapon as to why I was able to grow and invest so much time there. And I'm very open about that. You know, I, I struggled with depression in my life. I've gotten past a lot of it. I, I've really, through this blog and through the community I've built, been able to not only make a ton of money and and uh, redefine myself as a more independent business owner now, but I really let go of a lot of my negative beliefs about myself, feeling like I wasn't worthy, feeling like I couldn't do it on my own, like I needed men to help me make money or I needed other partners in business. I don't feel that way at all anymore. And I do think that the community on LinkedIn over time helped me to see my worth and uh, dismantle a lot of those limiting beliefs. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. Thank you. So where where do you think things are heading with video, social media, and all these technologies that we have that bring us together? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think we're going to see a lot more social media platforms merged with e-com stores. Um, mm. So that's sort of already happening. You know, like, I, I mean... Instagram stories where is kind of been um, revolutionizing that where you can just advertise products right there in your stories. Influencer marketing in general, paying for an organic post on an influencer's page to sell your product. And, and really what I said earlier, just like all the advertising dollars are going to shift to social media. So if you yourself can build your own channel, you'll become a television channel. I mean, you'll just become yeah. a place for people who have products that would also be relevant and valuable to your audience. They will pay for you to promote that. But I also believe that, and I myself am not like personally into this. I, I grew up with all sisters. I'm like not into the guy stuff or the sports or the video games <laughs> at all. But, um, I know that esports is going to be huge. Like I, I really believe esports is the future and anyone who's, uh, maybe you're listening and you have like a, a young kid who's into video games and into that, like, and you're thinking like, Oh, they spend too much time on the video games dude, let your kid play video games because it is literally the future. I think that's going to be a huge industry for average. Twitch is yeah. going to be huge, right? Twitch. Yeah. Like, like I said, I myself personally am not really invested in this because it's just something I don't, I don't know. I, I've never played a video game in my life, you know, but I, but I do have friends, other digital marketers, guy friends of mine, millennial business owners who are starting to invest and already seeing a huge opportunity for growth there. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just more and more social media platforms, more curated platforms like uh, 
you know, Facebook, Instagram, even LinkedIn. I mean, these are platforms that are really people of all walks of life and all interests can go on there and, and grow a page on there. Like Facebook has mom blogs, but it also has political blogs. It also has pet blogs. You know, it's like anyone and everyone can build a Facebook page, but I do believe the social media platforms over time will become more curated where there's just a social media platform for mental health specifically. There's a social media platform for everyone to turn your pet into an influencer specifically. I do predict we'll see more of that down the line as well. It's fascinating. It'll be great to watch. And I want to have you back to keep track of all this. Yeah, yeah. I would love to touch base uh, like a year from now, see where we're at. (laughs) Shay, this was wonderful. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. Next time, Duncan Chapel on the marketing of ideas, plus some discussion on the current state of the world. So stay tuned. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks, and this episode is copyright 2020. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.